Hello, and welcome to another episode of Grumpy Old Gay Men and Their Dogs. It is day 67 here in the Zen Room. My name is Patrick Finn, and I am here, of course, with the Cropulous Tommy Gibbons. Hey, bitches. How are you, Tommy? Cropulous. Crapulous. 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 And, and, okay, so? You can lift it up in your Funkin' Wagnalls. My, my Funkin' wa- yeah. <laughs> Funkin' Wagnalls. So, how was your weekend, Tommy? It was busy, I worked. Yeah? Yeah. Another show? I'm tired. You're tired? Yeah, you know, I'm just... You're just uh, done yeah. the scene right I, now? I'm just, yeah, I'm just tired. I'm just, uh, yeah. Understandable. So, that's how I am. Okay. How are you? I'm doing good. We had a nice weekend. It was a quiet weekend. You went to the beach? Well, we went to Kings Park Bluff up on the North Shore. Took Abigail up there. She loved it up there. Did she chase anything? No, nothing to chase up there, but she was sniffing like mad. No she birds? anything. No, no birds. She, all the birds were, all the gulls were like on the other side on this little island on the, on the in the water there ahead uh, of us. It was a beautiful day for her. It really was. And she, like I said, she had a great time. A lot of people? Yeah, actually, it was fairly, it was fairly, I wouldn't say a lot, it wasn't packed, but it was fairly busy. It's a pain in the ass to get to. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a bit of a ride, it's about a half an hour ride from here. So, it's beautiful, though. But it's beautiful up there, it's a nice drive yeah. up there, too. I mean, there were beautiful homes nice all along the way. Oh, nice my God. Homes, you say, what the fuck? Yeah, homes. Right? Gorgeous homes. Yeah, beautiful. And we got more pornography this weekend in messages. Yay! <laughs> no, not yay. <laughs> I, he sent, like... 11 messages. Same guy? Same guy. Bye. Sent photos, I think some videos. I didn't look too closely. I just wrote back to him saying, please stop sending pornography. This is not that kind of a page. Well, this a page is a for a podcast. If you do this again, I will report it. No, don't report it and don't respond to <laughs> well, it. Well, what else am I going to do? You're going to flag it as spam or junk. Yeah, I guess and I'm going to have to. when it comes in, it's going to go right there, and you're never going to have to see it, and their poor schnook over wherever the fuck he is gets to send his pictures. What the fuck? I know. I know. But it's just like, how many times do we got to say it and spell it out? We're not a meeting site. We're a freaking podcast, you know? Uh, Okay. <laughs> if they if okay, never mind. I I don't I don't put it in your spam folder. Okay, that's what I'll do. Then. Do that. I'll put it in the spam folder, and then you know the reg, the mailbox will then start to grow cobwebs because it's the only mail that ever happens. So you'll have a nice cobweb strewn empty mailbox. Yes, wouldn't that be lovely? In the meantime, spamming will be eight hundred. <laughs> Tell your friends. (laughs) We now move on to our first segment of the show, which of course is... Pet the dog. Heavy petting. It's not not a big segment here tonight on it. Um, I was going to mention, well, tonight I posted a... I put another post on our website, on our blog, where people can... There are two links to two groups that they can contact to donate money to help with uh, the, in Ukraine. the shelters and the animals over in Ukraine. Okay, that was last week. Yeah, well, we did it again this week, and this time I posted it on the website. Oh, you didn't post it on the website after last week? Uh, no, I posted it then. I posted it on Facebook and Twitter, and I posted it on the blog entry for the bonus materials. Okay. But I feel let me post, let me just post it again to keep it fresh. And this time I, I used two international organizations, because so I don't know how... Well, the local organizations in Ukraine can receive money at this point. Well, you know? if you love dog, well, that's true too. But they are, it's not enough time to spend on the dog. Louis weighs 
36 pounds. Wow. Yeah. I said, it's a kava poo. She weighed him and she says, 36 pounds? I said, it's a kava poo. How is he 36 pounds? I'm arguing with the woman in the white coat <laughs> and the scale. Yeah, 36. He's a fucking monster. He's just huge. Anyway. So, yeah, he's a big, fat, hairy beast. Yeah, I just, so, 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 uh, yeah. Okay. Today, for some reason. Yes. He stood in the middle of the room mm-hmm. and barked. Like, it, you know how you know there's different barks? This bark is, for him, is, is to me and my sister specifically. Right. If we talk to each other across the apartment, he, he starts barking. Okay. Okay. If he wants something, he'll stand in front of you and bark. But you, usually when he does that, he wants attention. He wants you to throw something or play with him or wrestle with him or do something with him. And it hasn't been like this. It used to be every night for like the first six months. Yeah. That was how the dog and I ended the day. Okay. He would sit in front of me and bark. And I would have no idea what the fuck the dog wanted. <laughs> but he would just bark. And he did it today for the first time in a really long time. Wow. It was, it was weird. How old is he now? He's four. Four years old. That's right. Yeah. He's beyond that. That's how long we've had Abigail's He's, four years. Exactly. He's beyond that puppy thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, so, yeah, but uh, they're, they're weird, wondrous beasts. Yes, they are. But also, another story I wanted to bring up, not about pets, but about other animals. You know the Queen's Guard over in the, Uni- over in the United Kingdom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Right, and you know those tall hats? The tall brown hat, uh, black hats, yeah. Do you know what those hats are made of? Dogs. No. They're made from bear fur. Oh, Bears. And it just came out in the news that upwards of 140 black bears will be killed in order to replace the fur hats worn by the members of the Queen's Guard. Okay. A petition was filed. It was signed by thousands of people. But the Ministry of Defense said, nope, we're keeping it, citing bear fur's ability to repel water. Yeah, you can't get that with Muppet fur, like, the, you know, that fake kind of... I guess. But in the meantime, PETA UK and this this faux furrier called Echopel have created the world's first bear fur that is virtually indistinguishable from the real thing. And they've offered to supply the UK with unlimited free faux bear fur until 2030. No, 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 no. The bear's got to die. Why? Because it's the queen. So what? It's, it's the royal family. It's the tradition. It's the... Isn't it a bit archaic now? Sweetie. We're slaughtering animals just so that this particular guard unit can have hats. What'd you have for dinner? That's what did I have for dinner? I had yes, meatballs. Same as me. Meatballs. Right. Swedish meatballs. Yes, that's those are animals being killed for the purpose of food consumption. That's a whole different story. We're talking about animals here being killed for fashion. To, to make a hat. So, okay. I don't disagree with you. Actually, I agree with you. I just like to play the devil's advocate. Oh, okay. You pain in my ass. All right. Uh, um, don't they call... Don't they? Don't they? Ooh, I made a flesh red. Ooh, wow. I was loud. <laughs> don't they cull those herds? Well, they said, like, where were they getting these from? And they said, oh, we get them from Canada. Canada, of course. Canada has no record of them ever being asked to cull any herds of bears or anything like that. It, uh, okay, it seems... it seems. So, no, it's, it's a, a bit of a mystery. Yeah, it, but but it seems well within reason that Canada, at from time to time, would have to cull some bear herds. Brown, black, Yapola in some For instances. population so, reasons, yeah. Exactly. They're doing it now. But that doesn't deer. sound like what this is going. Well, the turkey. Go What's that? Now, on Long Island, they're doing it. They're offering... Uh, or they... Deer. 
Okay. They they want to cull some of the deer and right. Stuff. Okay, yeah. yeah, that's not unusual. But I said I don't know if that's what they're talking about. They're like, oh, we're gonna get these bears that happen to be killed in this cull for overpopulation purposes, which I don't think is a problem with bears actually. But I don't know. But hopefully they'll change their ways. It's kind of archaic. It is. It's a, the whole system over there is archaic. The yeah. whole system here is archaic. The, you know, system is archaic. Yeah, but we're not making bear fur hats here. <laughs> No, but if you give me a second, I could probably come up with something just as good. I know, Ming Stoles, you know? Well, does anybody wear a Ming Stole anymore? Does anybody still wear a hat? If they... <laughs> Thank you, Elaine Stritch. <laughs> we now move on... It's Patty's now. ...to your favorite segment, of course, which is... Today's Birthdays. And we have three birthdays today. Three. Today's March. Yes, and two of them are dancers. Uh, are they dead? One is alive okay. and one is dead. I'll talk about the live one first Let's because I posted about her today on our Facebook page and Twitter. Who is she? Being that it's uh, Women's History Month. Right, right, right. Her name is Diane Walker, a professional tap dancer and teacher. Okay. She began her professional career in 1979. She was a featured dancer, assistant choreographer, and dance captain for the 1989 Broadway musical Black and Blue which won Tony's for Best Choreographer and Best Leading Actress in a Musical, Ruth Brown. You know, I actually saw that. You saw it? I saw it. It looks movie. like it must be a great show. It, it was fantastic. Yeah, it was it's that... music from World War One and World War Two, right? No, I think it's... Say the name of it again. Black and Blue. Black and Blue. Okay, so there was another... There were sophisticated ladies that was all Duke Ellington. Okay. The, this was all... I thought it was like music from like the twenties to the forties. Yeah, but very bluesy, very right. You know, root it, it wasn't like the mainstream. It was more black or exactly, exactly. It was yeah. It was I. I was. It was nineteen eighty. What four? When was it? Nineteen eighty nine. Nineteen eighty nine. Yeah. yeah. And I she, saw that. There's a, supposed to be a famous Hoofers line in the show, and she was a part of that as well. Okay. The soundtrack and, is fantastic, by the way. Oh, okay. I'm going to look for it. I, I'm, I'm not really that familiar with uh, the show at all. You'll, you'll, you were really I'm sure I'm yeah, yeah, right? Ruth Brown! But, yeah, Diane Walker. She also holds a master's in education. She has taught everywhere, from Harvard to and dance studios. And what year was she born? She was born in 1951. Oh, so she's not that old. Yes, she's about, she's like 70 years old. I bet she can still dance. Yes, she can. I actually, I'll be posting video on the bonus materials for this uh, video of her from at least, like, four or five years ago. Oh, yeah. She's still dancing. She was still dancing. Okay. Yeah, she's still going strong. So, happy birthday, Diane Walker. Thanks, Diane. Our next birthday celebrant is dead. Dead, thank God. I was worried. She was born March 8th, 1921 in Amarillo, Texas, the daughter of a jeweler. Her name was Tula Elise Finklia. Tula Felice... Elise Finklia. Tula... Elise Finklia. Finklia. Tuna Elise. Tula. Not Tuna. Tula Elise Finklia. Okay, that's that's a crime. (laughs) Well, after recovering from polio, she began studying ballet at age 12. At age 14, she joined the Ballet Russe de Monte Carlo and traveled throughout Europe. She returned to Los Angeles at the outbreak of World War II, and she began making films at Columbia Pictures, but she eventually became the resident ballet dancer at MGM. Her first speaking role in a film was in 1946's The Harvey Girls, starring Judy Garland. 
She later went on to dance with Fred Astaire in Ziegfeld Follies, The Bandwagon, and Silk Stockings, with Gower Champion in Till the Clouds Roll By, and probably most famously with Gene Kelly in Singing in the Rain and Brigadoon. Brigadoon! Yeah. She was featured in the 2001 Guinness Book of World Records on her most valuable legs because reportedly a $5 million insurance policy was issued on her legs in 1952. Well, that's uh, that's Ann Miller. Nope, not Ann Miller. In 2006, George W. Bush presented her with the National Medal of the Arts and Humanities, the highest official U.S. honor available in the arts. Who gave it to her? President George W. Bush. And she died at age 86 following a heart attack. She was married twice... She uh, divorced her first husband in 1947. She then went on to marry actor and singer Tony Martin in 1948. She had two children, one son from each marriage. Don't know who it is, huh? I'm struggling, I must admit. Well, her first husband's name was Nico Charisse. I don't. No. no oh, so you're not. So then you're not familiar with. Oh, so then you're talking about Sidcheries? Sidcheries. Oh my okay. God, you almost give me a heart attack there. Yeah. Like, don't tell me he's ever heard of Sidcheries. Well, the first thing, <laughs> no, the first thing I think of is the legs. I can't believe because I know there was a, there was a thing about Anne Margaret having. Well, no, was, I thought it was legs. Betty Grable with the, who had the insured legs. That's what I always thought. Uh you you may be right. Yeah. I may be right. We may both be right. Okay, on this yeah. One because there's a uh, yeah Betty Grable that would make sense. Right. Sidcheries is known for the legs. Yeah. Her legs stop at her shoulders. That's always Ann Miller, though, too, right? Yeah, but I think that had more to do with... Citrus was all leg. That was like... They connected to her shoulders. It was like the predominant feature of her body. I had different for me. Okay. She was fabulous. Jesus. Yeah, great right. dance. Great dance. Like I said, look at who she, look who she danced with Citrus. in these movies. I didn't know, you know her birthday was today. Yes, it is. It's today. Huh. I know. Yeah, American in Paris. Yep. Fuck no, 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 she wasn't in the She was in Singing in the Rain. Singing in the Rain. Oh, well, there you got your Betty, what you call, Reynolds. Uh, Debbie Reynolds. Debbie Reynolds. And that's why they pulled in Sid Charisse, because Debbie well, Reynolds couldn't dance. Well, yeah, she, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, what Gene Kelly wanted. So, yes, a happy birthday to Sid Charisse. Good on you, Sid Charisse. Right? Our next birthday celebrant. She had polio? Yeah, she did. She had polio as a child, and she recovered. And Ula, what was her name? Ula Vinkenbeckenschnacken? What was her name? T- Tula Elise... Finklia. I don't like it. <laughs> That's why I think she changed it. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Louis B with his cigar and the view. Oh, no, she changed it before that. It must so. have been. <laughs> anyway, our next birthday celebrant, he was born on March 8th, 1921 in Los Angeles. The parents of, the parents, I'm sorry, the child of film actors. He served in the Coast Guard during World War II. During the 1950s and 60s, he played many supporting roles in many films, including... 1968's Hang 'em High with Clint Eastwood. He later starred in 1952's TV show Biff Baker USA. I prefer when they hang low. <laughs> I know it defeats the purpose of what they're talking about, but when you say hang 'em high, I think no. Low. Go. He started 1952's TV show Biff Baker USA, playing a Cold War spy posing as an importer. It was canceled after 21 episodes. That's a lot, though. He then went on to star in the TV show in 1958 called Casey Jones about the adventures of a railroad engineer. He sounds hot. Well, he was best known for playing the role of Captain Jonas Grumby, known as The Skipper, on a little comedy series called 
Gilligan's Island. He was so not hot. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know his name? Uh, hold on. Oh no, we're going to go for the whole theme song now. <laughs> we started from this tropic port aboard this tiny ship. While we're waiting for Tommy to get through the song, uh, you may want to go out and get a beverage, you know, hit the bathroom. We could be here a while. <laughs> you know, they don't reveal the name of the actor I'm trying this to... theme song. See, my mind works differently. Obviously. I'm trying to imagine... What is on the TV at each slide? Because each got their own, except for Marriott and the professor, who were for some time known as the rest. Yes, um, that was changed into the first season. I I want to say Henry Williams. Oh God, you're so far <laughs> off. <laughs> His was name it? was Alan Hale. Alan Hale. Also, yeah. Alan Hale Jr. His father was Alan Hale Sr. Oh, so he was Alan Hale Jr. Yep, Alan Hale. So he was a skipper. Yep, he was a skipper. Always, always exasperated. Yep, willing to help. He also co-owned in the nineteen seventies a restaurant called Alan Hale's Lobster Barrel. Oh, I've never been located on Las Cenega Boulevard in, in Los Angeles in Los Angeles's Restaurant Row. Uh, that's probably why, because I've never been there. Okay, he was married twice and had four children. Okay. He died in uh, 1990. 1983. No, oh, 1990. 1990. Died of thyroid cancer. That's sad. Alan Hale. Alan Hale, good yeah. actor, though. Yeah. He, you know, he, he knew how to wear a hat. <laughs> yeah, he knew how to use the hat, And he too. knew how to beat him with that hat. <laughs> yes, he did. So that concludes today's birthdays. today's birthdays. Happy birthday, everybody. We now move on to this day in history. And I figured I'd make this an easy one because it is on Women's History Month. Women's History Month. That's right. That's right. And today's National International Women's Day. Yes, I was going to get into that in our next segment. But for now, I'll just cover this segment in this day in history. On this day in 1910, a woman named Raimonda de la Roche became the first woman to receive a pilot license. Okay. She was a stage actress who became inspired by seeing Wilbur Wright's flight demonstration in Paris in 1908. And what year are we in? Uh, 1910. And she became friendly with several aviators, one of whom later may have fathered her, her son. Okay, I'm sorry. There's a couple of things here. Okay. The Wright brothers took off in 1908. No, they took off earlier than that. When did they take off? Oh, Christ, now i got to look it up. Because what I'm saying is between whenever they took off and 1910, when she starts whoring around, how many aviators are there? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a relatively new field. Their flight was in 1903. 1903, so seven years. All right. All right, all right. I can deal with that. Uh, Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, she was a stage actress who became interested in flying, so that's how she got her license. What was she in? What Did do you she mean? Do musicals? She wasn't known. She was just a stage actress. She was over in France. You know, she didn't perform here in the United States. Uh-huh. This is all over in France. So she in France. Yes. The first woman ever to get a uh, pilot's license. Yep. In France. Yeah, and uh, you know she would mostly fly during air shows during World War One. They would not let let women fly. Of course, she actually was a chauffeur to the airfields <laughs> during the war. But then tragically, in July of nineteen nineteen. She was on her way to an airfield uh, to become the first female test pilot. And she was co-piloting an experimental plane. And on its landing, the plane went into a dive and crashed to kill both her and the other pilot. So the experiment failed. I guess so. 
But there is a statue of her at the Paris La Bourget Airport in France. Nice. Yes. Tell me her name again. Raimonda de la Roche. You do it absolutely no justice. I'm not sure at all. In, I'm sure in French it's got to sound beautiful. I'm sure it does, but I'm not doing it justice at all. At all. Raimonda, Raimonda de, la, de la Roche. <laughs> de la Roche. De la Roche. Oh, got, yeah, there's got to be some way to say that thing. It doesn't sound like that. Good for her. Yes. But yes, we now move on to what day is it? What day is it? And as you correctly surmise, 67. it is International Women's Day. International Women's Day. Congratulations, women. It's held to commemorate the cultural, political, and socioeconomic achievements of women. Otherwise known as half the fucking world always and forever? <laughs> yep. Okay. The idea for Don't the... Don't you think it's sad that they need a month to be celebrated? Well, no, it's two different things. Women Histories Month celebrates women in American history, whereas International Women's Day is all women around the world. Is there an International Men's Day? I'm just saying. When, I don't know. When it becomes that point where it's just so obvious that they don't need that day, they don't need that parade, they don't need that ribbon, then it's successful. That uh, Okay. Well, this has been going on since 1911. That's when the first International, International Women's Day? Day was recognized. Okay, and, now that means something, because in 1911, that meant something. Women couldn't vote, women couldn't get divorced, women couldn't own property, women couldn't do things. And, well, it was, basically, it was really considered a socialist-slash-communist holiday. Because it, it came from France. Well, no, it's it started in Europe, but in 1917, at one of the observances, it became a protest by the women, and oh, it actually shit. led to the beginning of the Russian Revolution. Okay, see, that's what happened. The idea for observing every day didn't really become popular worldwide until the 60s during the women's liberation movement. Okay, when they went out and found this holiday that had existed in other lands and foreign places and... I mean, that's a holiday to me. Like, we were talking about... Well, some countries that actually do observe it as an official holiday. As a holiday holiday. Okay, like a bank holiday. Right, I guess, yeah. But they do actually observe it as a holiday. But it's also another day today. It is the International Women's Collaboration Brew Day. Brew? Yes. B-R-E-W? It's an event held to raise the awareness and celebration of women in the brewing industries. Okay. Especially as beer brewmasters. Good for them. It started in 2014. Are they not allowed to be beer brewmasters? Didn't women make the first beer? Yes, they did. Didn't women continue to make beer forever? Yep. But this is a special acknowledgement that women organized. For themselves. Yep. And each year when they do celebrate what it is, they create a specialized craft beer or ale, depending on what the theme or the idea for it may be. That year. And whatever proceeds they get from the sale of that beer or ale is donated to charity. Oh, for fuck's sake. <sighs> <laughs> is that a problem? No, it's fantastic. It's... Men should be hosting women's women's these women's days. Like men should be paying for all of this. Right. Well, I'm sure they're paying for the beer. <laughs> That's about unless you're that certain kind of male. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? It just it just seems like it's civilization doesn't get this far without women. Well, of course not. So, but that's what I'm saying. Of course not. Why does it? And I'm not I'm not objecting to the holiday, and I'm I'm not bemoaning the holiday. What I'm saying is the fact that it's needed as a as a raise awareness thing. Well, it's also like they they also give it a different theme each year. Like this year's theme for the day is 
gender equality today for a sustainable tomorrow. All right, so if I, to sit through to that highlight the panel, panel, I'm going to need some beer. What's that? To sit through that panel, I'm going to need some beer. <laughs> I'm just saying, for real. That's a lot. Oh, you want to hear the rest of it? Please. The, sub, the subheading of that is looking to highlight the contribution of women and girls around the globe who participate in their communities promoting on climate change adaptation, mitigation, and response in order to build a more sustainable future for all. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Why, wow, was that too much for you to digest? Yes, it was, to perfect, perfectly honestly. It's bringing, they're putting a focus on women who are involved in climate change. Okay, I understood that. In climate change efforts. You could have done that in six words, but why use six when you can use 24? I was using their words. I know you were, but let's be honest. You're loquacious. I'm loquacious. You're loquacious. And you are crapulous. <laughs> <laughs> Our mama was bad at names. <laughs> I'd name a cat crapulous. <laughs> I would... I'm looking at crapulous, so this is going to go out live. We now move on to our next segment, which is Turn Your Head and Cough. <coughs> Tonight we have two stories, and they both have to do with the brain. Uh-oh. And they're not good stories either. But in a paper published by the National Academy of Sciences on this past Monday, it's been estimated that half the U.S. population, the adult population, in 2015 have been exposed to lead levels surpassing 5 micrograms per deciliter. Which is... That is shocking. Which is the CDC threshold for harmful lead exposure. Oh, they found that 90% of the children born in the U.S. between 1950 and 1981 had blood lead levels higher than the threshold, and they found it had significant impact on cognitive development, and that on average, early childhood exposure to lead resulted in a 2.6 drop in 2.6 point drop in IQ. Don't we know this already? Now? Well, I guess it's worse than what we. What we what we did know. I mean, that's very dramatic. I mean, this only and this is only they examined lead exposure caused by leaded gasoline, and that was been banned. That was basically phased out in the, starting in the seventies. Yeah, I remember. It was a it was a topic in my house. Yeah, I was young. Yeah, not driving. Okay, people were okay. They were loud. Yeah, so and, lead is bad. Yes, and uh, we too many of us have it. Yeah, but not us. What do you mean, not us? Well, what year were you born? I was born in 62. Oh, wait. It is us. So we're in that range. Oh, it's totally us. Yes. Oh, my God. Now I'm completely outraged. <laughs> you may be a few points. You may have lost a few points on your IQ, Tommy. Yeah, not that anybody would notice. <laughs> you go from, you know, you go from 260 to 2. Uh, uh, I'm going from 14 to 12. Because <laughs> I'm crapulous, probably. Exactly. Those poor sons of bitches drowning to death. <laughs> In our next story is about COVID and changes to the brain. Oh, I saw something about this. I didn't read it. This was a study that was published on Monday in Nature magazine, I guess. In the study, it used before and after brain images of 785 British people, ages 51 to 81, who all had COVID, and it looked for any changes. And it said about half the participants had contracted COVID between the scans mostly when the alpha variant was circulating, and which left many people temporarily without a sense of smell. But it showed that people infected with COVID 
had a greater reduction in their brain volume and performed worse on cognitive tests than those who had not been affected. So your brain actually sh can shrink. COVID, COVID. Uh, smooths the brain. Yeah. COVID. For a nice, smooth brain. <laughs> yeah, right? Wow, that's some scary shit right there. Yeah, exactly. Although I could use the weight loss. Da -da -da. Da -da -da. <laughs> now, they're saying right now, because the Omicron variant is dominant right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. And they said that variant, which it seems to have less impact on the sense um, of smell. Okay. So it'll probably trigger fewer brain changes than the earlier variants. But they said it's too soon to know. It's too soon. You know? But they said a good way to keep a healthy brain is to keep forming and maintaining social connections. Carrots. Adopting a healthy lifestyle, including good nutrition, sleep, and exercise. Carrots. Seeping help when you need it or feel stuck. And embracing healthy thoughts by keeping things in perspective. Think about carrots. Why should we think about carrots? Because they make you better. Well, they're good for your eyes. And your brain, aren't they? I have no Isn't idea. Is that a thing? I don't know. I've carrots. No, I'm not familiar with that. I'm not familiar with carrots being known as brain food. Maybe I'm thinking fish. Fish is considered brain food. Yeah. Yeah, so could you go back and cut all those carrots and put in fish? Here, I'll give you one clean fish. No, 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 no. We'll leave the carrots in. Fish. So you could use that <laughs> to edit in all of our... Yo, yes, definitely. Yeah, I'm going to definitely get to work on that. We now move on to our next segment in which we take a look into my briefs. In which we... Would you stop? Could you just stop for a second? Stop what? Legalese. Why? Because nobody... In never mind. What do you mean, never mind? In which we... <laughs> take a look into my briefs. Yes, yes. For the nausea. <laughs> Go ahead, counselor. Anyway, I'm going to start off with the news that just came out today. News today about your briefs? Yes. The, today, the Florida State Senate passed the Don't Say Gay Bill. Yeah. It's now going to be heading to the desk of Governor DeSantis, who has said that he will sign it. Of course it. he'll sign it. Yeah. So it's in, in, now it's the law in Florida that a teacher cannot teach about gayness. Well, I, I can read you the exact wording of the law, if well, you like. Yeah, but did we do this last week? Can I sort of see, yeah, if, we I did. Can, see if I can sort of ballpark it? It has to be in an age-appropriate manner, and it, it like the way it's worded makes it seem pretty tame. Well, yeah. What it says is, classroom instruction by school personnel or third parties on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through grade. I'm sorry, in kindergarten through grade three, or in a manner that is not age-appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students. That is purposely vague. No, that I, second half. Yeah, and I mean, I, the, you, I mean, the first half. Number one, kids in kindergarten through age three are not getting anything taught about sex we in general. Time. Yeah. However, at the same time, you're going to be discussing gay families. Well, you if, know, it, well, that's going to it's, it's going to come up. If one of the kids comes in with two mommies, yeah. then it's going to come up. Yeah, exactly. If you get through a school year without a kid having two mommies, two daddies, then it may not come up. Or you know, the other kid who who's never seen uh someone with two mommies or two daddies and is asking the teacher, "How does she have two mommies?" Yes. And now, what does a teacher do? Well, 
You know? I, I don't know the answer to that. But then it's even worse. I said, it's the second half of the law, which is even worse, because it is so freaking vague. But that's what, that's the loophole. That's exactly. the beauty of it. Exactly. So, so long as I'm teaching something that's age-appropriate and not beyond their de- uh, developmental capabilities... But the problem is, they don't define what is age-appropriate, what is developmentally appropriate. That's not defined. But that's going to go to court. It, un- unfortunately, yeah, it's going to get dragged out in court. It's just, you know what it is? Well, you know what it appears to me? It appears to, to me to be a relatively toothless law, but a huge bomb in the culture wars. Well, it definitely is. It's, it's me to the uh, to me to the base, you know? It's it's horrendous. The whole idea of don't say gay is just horrendous. Well, like I said, this whole, it's, someone called it, someone referred to it as critical gender theory. And I was just like, you know what? Fuck you. Well, they're trying to be clever. <laughs> Fuck you. Let them be clever. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's, it doesn't change what it is. Well, I look forward to this going to court. I really do. I hope they throw the fuck out. It's a, uh, because it's so vague. But the way the courts are now, I don't know anymore. <laughs> I think because it's so vague, you can say as a 13-year-old, a 13-year-old should be taught about or has at least is can question and, get, and I can talk about this issue. If a kid wears a rainbow flag on his jacket or something or a pin or a rainbow pin, is that violating the policy? No, it said nothing about the Are you sure? behavior. It's but a, it's, it's a rainbow flag. It's promoting uh, gay pride. No, you're not allowed is to. Is that age appropriate? I mean, one, you say it's it's not, you say it's age appropriate. Someone else say may say that's not appropriate at all. Go back to the law. I don't care, but the laws, the law is so vague, Tommy, that's the problem. What it's, what it's talking about. No one like, defines what these terms are. What, but what they're talking about, who the law is targeted as, is the public school teacher and the public school system. A kid can come in painted rainbow glitter, and they got nothing to say about it according to that law. It's who is teaching the kids. You may not instruct your kids K-3 to anything gay, and beyond that, anything that's not age-appropriate or beyond their mental capabilities, is you're not allowed to teach it. It's going to go beyond that. Of course it's going to go beyond that. But but right now, that 13-year-old lesbian who's gearing up down there in Tampa, you know, you go, girl, we got you. And this law, I think, it, that's why I think it, it's relatively toothless because the kids are going to do... You can't keep it from a kid in the age of the interwebs. Of course not. Of it's course ridiculous. not. So, so in other words... But teachers are the ones who are going to suffer from this. We're not, going to, we're not going to officially talk about it. That's it. But any kind of mention they will use to persecute teachers. Yeah, well, because uh, that's because they, they have to take over the responsibility that should be the parents. No kidding. Which is discussing the shit like this. But be that as it may... I know. Be that as it may. Uh, please. Be that as it gay. Anyway, one thing we haven't talked about because but I don't have kids, the... so I don't give a rat's ass. What's that? I don't have kids. I don't give a rat's ass. Fuck them. It's not my issue. Oh, it's not your issue. It's not my issue. That's not a rat. I have opinions about it. Okay. I know what I think is right about it, but okay. it's not my issue. I'm not going to die on this hill. Okay. Parents, let them. Like, come on. Go ahead. We didn't talk about this last week because it got overwhelmed with all the news about Ukraine. It's so awful. But I guess you've heard of President Biden's nomination of Ketanji Brown Jackson. Yeah, for the Supreme yeah, good Court. For both of them. Uh, I didn't she know. She seems impenetrably like 
She's prepared. She's her her resume is spotless and yeah. impeccable. Yeah, I was I was gonna have a few things about Tell her. Tell me the specifics. She was a former public defender, which is a rarity for the court. Most of them are choosing from the prosecutor Unbelievable. side. Unbelievable. She clerked for Justice Breyer. She's also another Harvard graduate. Almost all the Supreme Court justices are all from the Ivy League, which is kind of annoying, but that's a whole other issue. Well, you get somebody from Suffolk Community College up in there, things will change. Yeah, right? Exactly. Go ahead. She's also a Protestant among the six Catholics and and one Jew on the bench. Are there six Catholics? (laughs) Yes, there are. Six Catholics. Six Catholics. Gorsuch was raised Catholic, but attends Episcopal Church. And Eleanor Kagan is Jewish. Eleanor Kagan is Jewish. But yeah, there are six Catholics on the six bench. Six Catholics, Elena Kagan, that's only seven. Gorsuch is eight. Breyer, I believe, was Catholic. Okay. And uh, she's married to a surgeon named Peter Jackson. They have two daughters. Peter Jackson? Not the, not the director, Peter Jackson. This I'm is thinking the Peter Jackson. Like, that's the coolest fucking name. And I know somebody... And this is the surgeon, I Peter Christopher Jackson. Christopher Jackson. There's, of course, your Michaels and your Janets. This is not them. Okay, I know it's not them, but I'm I'm saying it it works with a lot. Of, it's like Elizabeth. Elizabeth as a middle name works with every name. Okay, okay, yep. So Jackson could be a great, a great like like Patrick Elizabeth Jackson. That sounds fantastic. It just rolls off the tongue. It's pleasing to the ear. The rhythm is nice. Yes, it is. Okay. It's lovely. I had your little patient leprechaun. <laughs> she was appointed by Obama in 2013 to the U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia. And in 2021, she was nominated and appointed to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit. Anybody object to any of that? There were some, but she basically had overwhelming majorities. And that's why you're watching some of these Republicans now trying to backpedal on their on their support of so, her when they voted for her in the past. How many of her jobs were Senate approved before she gets to this point? Well, both of these were. Both, both of those, both so of those judgeships been, were. She, she's been Senate approved to the judgeship twice. Twice. Gradually getting higher in rank. Yeah. And with more power. Yep. Okay, now here she comes. <laughs> and no, no, we're, we can't put her on. With that face. We can't put her on. With that face and that name. <laughs> First of all, now the court becomes really, really women heavy. It's going to be four women on there. First time. That's We've a had lot of that fucking, many women. That's a lot of women. Right? That's right. Every record. one of them looks different from the other one. Yeah. You take Clarence Thomas out of the picture, all the rest of them look the same. You have Sotomayor. You have Eleni Kagan. I love Sotomayor. You have Coney Barrett. And now you're going to have Jackson Brown. Yeah. Or Brown Jackson, I should say. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be quite a diversity. It should be, it, it should, she should sail. Through this. This should be... She should. You know, everybody drinking in each other's lobbies and having fun but in the office. the Republicans will use this to feed the base with, you know, their stupid-ass right, questions right. or stupid issues. And when you, come on, you know how she's so, going to answer. So what's, what's work? What opinions has she given? What is in her... What are the skeletons? She's had no major opinions. She's actually ruled on some of the uh, Trump-related 1-6 cases... Okay, I believe I believe in the one case where I think his lawyer, I think I forget his lawyer's name, where she ruled that he had to comply with subpoenas. Okay, but it's, she's had really no other distinguishing opinions. And is is there any aside from the fact that she's a black woman? Are there any other stirring controversies around her? Has she ruled no. that immigrants should be granted fifteen percent of the of the gross intake of the United States taxes? No, yeah, I mean it's been nothing like that. No. The most controversial thing is that more than likely she would maintain the precedent of Roe v. Wade, which is something I'm sure they're going to hammer on anyway. You know? 
You can't with me. First of all, that other one with the three names, she ain't going to vote yes for the abortion. Oh, Amy Coney Barrett. She ain't. Of course not. She we just know that. Isn't. Now, the other two idiots. It's going to be, I'm predicting it's going to be a 5-4 decision. Who are the frat boys? What are their names? Gorsuch? Well, it's Alito, Gorsuch, Thomas, Kavanaugh. Those are, and then there's uh, Roberts. Roberts. You got to think of all of them. Roberts is Roberts is gonna. He's the only one who he'll he won't vote for it. In other in other words, to respect the principle of legal precedent, which I think, and I remember being pissed off about George Bush being able to appoint a chief justice. Where I I was always of the opinion that they should be amongst themselves appointing appointing the chief justice. Nope. Uh, no, the president gets to appoint them. Yep. He could have appointed a justice, and then they would have. No, he he could fill the chief he justice He could fill spot. the chief justice, but he, did, he didn't have to. He could have just put a justice on, and then amongst them, I think, they would have chosen a chief justice. I'm not sure. I don't think it works that way. I think I, 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 it might. I don't, I don't do think it typing, does. Do some typing, because people like the sound of you <laughs> typing. Oh, do they? Yeah. And like people are shocked of what the requirements are to become a Supreme Court justice. They're they're, they're shocked to, to know that it has to do. You know, well, you don't have to be a lawyer. You don't have to be a lawyer. No, nope. you don't have to be anything. You have to be an American citizen, I think. The Chief Justice is appointed by the President and confirmed by the Senate. Is he really? Yep. Maybe they were lying to me. Those cunts. <laughs> so there. That All was right. The law. So, so where were we? What were we talking about? Well, we were talking about this new nominee. Oh, uh, yeah. Katanji Brown-Jackson. Katanji Brown-Jackson. Katanji works against her. Just as a as a thing, as a thing that, I, you know... Hasn't worked against her so far. In her culture, in the culture she's trying to... Listen, I want this woman. I think I... I think she'll be a, a, an excellent addition to the court. There is nothing... They voted for her twice. Yeah. They approved That's her I mean, There's no excuse for not supporting her again, you know? Yeah, there is. But they, they'll find one. Anyway, this I want to see her deal with that. She's gonna deal with it fine. Of course she did. But I want I want to see I want to see the grace under the the grace under pressure, the dignity. Uh, uh, you know when when they're being horrible. That's 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 what I expect to see. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm sure she's gonna be. You know why? Her husband, he comes from family in Boston, known as what they call the Boston Brahmin. I don't know what that means. It's like the upper upper class of Boston society. That's where she. That's what she married into. Okay. So you have to maintain a certain way and a certain demeanor, and I'm sure she's had to learn that. She had her cotillion. You know. All right. I think she'll be fine. She will Good. be tr- truly grace under pressure. And they're going. They're, no, they're going to. Um, that I think part is always part of the. Process for the Senate interviewing this this position. Yes, is that they they put them under pressure. Oh yeah, they intentionally put them under pressure to see what they're going to do. Of course, not all of them cry. Uh, None of the women have ever cried. No, no, I've never seen the women cry. Kavanaugh cried. Kavanaugh right? cried. Right, go ahead. John Roberts. We're counting on John Roberts. I know it's a, it's a. It doesn't matter. Even if John <laughs> Roberts votes with the other just the minority justice, it's still going to be a five four decision. It's, how, it, is that, how is that gonna? How is that gonna enact itself? You know what I'm saying? It's, like, trust me, it's gonna get worse, and I'm gonna explain why in this next segment that we're going into in looking in my briefs. If I would just shut up and let you steer the ship, exactly. Yeah, no. <laughs> Should have known better. Yeah, well, you did, and you're smart. <laughs> yeah, I'm the foil. Anyway. On Monday, just yesterday... I'm Gracie. 
Yeah, you're Gracie, all right. <laughs> you're George. <laughs> Go get the carpet and lie down. <laughs> Ask me about my brother. And <laughs> oh, my God. What was his name, the brother? Whose brother? Gracie Allen's brother. Oh, I have no fucking idea. Oh, God. Go ahead. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Google him. On Monday, the U.S. Supreme Court rejected emergency applications filed by Republicans in North Carolina and Pennsylvania asking the court to strike down Congressional District maps, <laughs> uh, maps approved by the courts in both of those states. Could you imagine the goal? This is the, like, okay, so you know how I love Karen videos? Okay, choosy beggars. Cho- you know what choosy beggars are? No. Oh, God, Patrick, don't scoff. Okay, and yeah, take your glasses off, relax, have a drink. Choosy beggars. You don't even know. We'll return to this segment in 20 minutes. <laughs> We're gonna, I have, it's, I, I what? Say it! I'm trying to relate it. So, so it's about asking for more than, like, like, you give an inch, take a mile. It's that other side of the equation. It's the people who, who are taking the mile that you're thinking about. Or now they're the focus. And what the fuck are you thinking? And what makes you think you deserve that? And how do you think that I'm going to... Uh, uh, and that's what this is. I didn't understand a word of what you just said. Okay, but they did it in India, and they're going to send porn. So oh shush. Oh, my God. Let them send their porn. Jesus Christ. What was I looking up? I don't know. Okay, go ahead. Continue. Do you ever remember what I was talking about? It was uh, coughing your briefs. Can you be more specific? <laughs> It was the Supreme Court on Monday. Yes, and they, what did they do? They they did something I didn't like. Oh, they did something I didn't like. They well, I don't know if you didn't like it or didn't or did like it or not. But what they did was deny applications by Republicans in North Carolina and Pennsylvania to strike down the con- the congressional district maps that were approved by the courts of right. both of those states. Right. Well, how do you go to somebody and say, "I know you already said no, but here we are." What is that? Well, what happened in this... Choose your beggars. The court issued a really short decision saying, basically, because if you recall, about a month ago, we discussed another case like this in Alabama, where they were challenging the district, the, con- the congressional district maps as ge- gerrymandering. Okay. And the Supreme Court said at that time that this is untimely, it's too close to the elections. And that's what they said in these cases with Pennsylvania and North Carolina. That was untimely and too close to the elections. What election? The it's upcoming 2020. Yeah. There are primaries going on right. right now. There are the elections in November. It's March. I know, but there are primaries going on right now. I, I understand They that. just had a primary in Texas a week or two ago. Has it always been this calendar sensitive? We can't do that because it's too close to, or we can't do that because your husband's wife is having it on. Like, is, has it always been that sort of? It seems like they're pushing, that this court's pushing this whole, um, they're pushing this principle a little bit too far, than, or more, norm, more than they normally have in the past. Right. Uh, because some of the, like, in the Alabama case, I know some of the justices dissented. I don't know what happened in this case, but that isn't the that isn't even the most worrisome part about this. There was also this new radical legal theory. It's called the Independent State Legislature Doctrine, and four of the justices want to take up this doctrine. And what it says, this doctrine, it says it's, the question is whether state courts can continue playing a role in reviewing whether district maps passed by the state legislatures are unlawful under their state constitutions. And what the supporters of this doctrine are saying is that the election clause in the U.S. Constitution 
gives the state legislatures the sole authority to set the quote-unquote time, place, and manner of elections. Therefore, the state courts should not be able to rule on this issue, be, re, be ruling on election laws. This is so... Now, back in 2019, the Supreme Court said that the federal courts should not be intervening in this, this whole redistricting process to police partisan gerrymandering. Chief John Roberts said in that case in 2019, it's called Rucho versus Common Cause, he said, provisions in state statutes and state constitutions can provide standards and guidance for state courts to apply. Okay. But now you have at least four justices on record now saying, we want to apply this other doctrine now. So this way, state courts can't even rule on their own state's election laws. So who would rule on them? Nobody. So with the state legislatures would be free to make the election laws whatever they want it to be. Exactly. So it depends on who's in charge of the who who's the dominant party in each state legislature from here on in, and they get to decide the legislature as a whole who to send as electors to the. Is that what we're talking about? Exactly. They're saying that because the election laws in the Constitution says that the that the that the state that the state legislatures have the sole authority to set the time, place, and manner of elections, that because of that clause, that that no court, no state courts should be able to rule on the constitutionality of those election laws. Now, hold on a second. Elections are local things. Elections yes. are hyper. Local things. Yes, they're done by counties and then districts, and they're run by counties. state law and local ordinances. Right. So, so they are a state thing, and it never gets the, the state of New York is going to send my vote to. Okay, I didn't vote according to Washington. The state of New York, it ends at the state. But I go Suffolk County, then I go Wyslip, then I go down this block, and I go to this, school, and that's how minute it gets. Yeah. Okay, to where I to where I am. So that's where I'm voting. So they changed the whole fucking thing. Yeah. And they're saying that the states can, the the, huh, huh, the legislature can change it. And then once the legislature only the, they're saying that only the legislature, they're saying only the state legislature can change the election laws. And then and the, the state courts, courts are powerless to rule. rule on the state election laws. That's what they want. That's what they want the law to be. So what it is is it's getting rid of the check. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's not good. But like I said, even John Roberts recognized in 2019 that, yes, state courts have that power to to, to rule on these laws. Listen, I got you know? that in five minutes. Okay? Right? It was rough. It was like pulling a tooth. It's a little complicated, okay, but... Yeah, okay. And John Roberts should know that going in. Well, yeah, I think he does know this going in, you know? That's crazy. Man. Yeah, that's that just... really is. That is craziness. But that's this is the Supreme Court we're facing for the next couple of decades now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, moving anyway. on to our next segment, The Week in Fascism. Clouds, flashlight, <laughs> heavy violin, deep trombones, kettle drum, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> And first we're going to do an update on something that we discussed last week. We don't do enough updates. I know. Well, this happened in the news today again, so that's why I figure let's do the update. Update. Updates. Do you recall last week we talked about Texas, where the governor issued a directive to the state's social service agencies to begin investigations of parents who are uh, who have trans kids who are undergoing any kind of therapy or surgery 
to investigate them for child abuse. No, but I believe you. And I think that sounds awful. Exactly. It is awful. Stephen, what is this? Oh, you're a bitch. Oh, what did you get? I got a piece of peach punch. Ooh, peach, 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 look at you. Piece of peach Thank you, honey. You're the best. <laughs> Thank you. We do have a good producer, don't we? we? Yes. <laughs> yes. Time to get inside. Grumpy old gay man in there, go out, like, huh? But anyway, one family that's being investigated under this policy filed a suit on Tuesday, last Tuesday, represented by Lambda Legal and the American Civil Liberties Union. A judge, I guess in Travis County in Texas, on Wednesday ruled that the investigation of the family must cease, and she scheduled a hearing for March 11th to consider blocking the policy more broadly. Good for her. In the meantime, it's awful. It, well, it's, in the meantime, attorneys in Texas are being deluged with phone calls now from families oh with God. trans kids because they're afraid of some of them are already being investigated. They're lawyering up, is what and they're, they're now worried about losing their kids and being labeled as child abusers. This is disgraceful. Yeah, it is. It's absolutely disgusting. It's, it, it is disgraceful. I mean, I don't know what else to say about it. It's just. You have to go deep to find this kind of malice. Yeah. To hate somebody so much or to, first of all, do you want to go, at at what point, this has always been my, my, my issue with the government involvement in the personal life. Of course. They don't want it at all in business. No, God forbid. They don't want it at business. But let's regulate the uterus. Yes. When it comes to the family, we're going to tell you what and when and how. Yeah. And it seems, it seems a, a, a hypocritical thing to me. It is. Maybe I'm libertarian. Wouldn't that be a kick in the rubber parts? I'm going to go all this time and then die a libertarian. <laughs> but it's it's one of the, it's like, you know, you're talking about business, which affects all of us, and the most personal part of your life, which affects just these couple of people, and then these couple of hundred people, and then, well, but it doesn't, it, it doesn't, <sighs> I know. It's so, it's beyond words almost, which I use an excuse for all the stuttering that I'm doing, but it just seems like such a hypocritical thing. So these families have to go lawyer up yeah. because their kid is trans. Is trans, and they're afraid that this, somebody is going to report them for child abuse for treating this kid's their kid's condition. I'm done. I know. I'm gonna sip some tea now because what that what what can I do if that's the state of the world right now? Well, it's the state of Texas anyway. It's brutal, man. That right? is that is some brutal shit right there. It's getting that way in lots of other states too. It really, it's a shame. Oh. But in one district, oh. in, this, is a, this is actually a kind of a happy story. In this one district down in Texas, this candidate for the uh, Texas House of Representatives showed up to speak at uh, the students at the University of North Texas. Well, after 40 minutes, he had to leave because the students basically wouldn't let him speak and basically protested, shouting him down, saying, fuck these fascists and trans rights. See, it's going to be these kids, and I think I've said this on episodes before. And maybe it's maybe maybe it's old people always look back and say that that's our future, that's our hope. Maybe some old people look back and say, "Holy fuck, we." But no, they, these people they are our hope and our future it's, right now. They're the ones who are fighting. Kids. They're the ones like David Hogg. You know David Hogg. Oh my from god, these, he posted video of the students who were protesting down the Florida legislature when they passed the "Don't Say All Gay" of those bill. Kids, can you know. I have a little crush on Cameron. I gotta say, <laughs> he he I, um he just has handled himself so beautifully. They all have. Yeah. What those kids? Oh man. But they're gonna. Yes, they're gonna be the ones. And I think 
in the evolution of us as a, as a society, as a community, uh, advance, it happens toward the left. Yeah. Gays can get married now. That's left of where I was. Not where I was. Yes, where I was in 1985. What are we watching? This was a protest that was held when this candidate down in Texas showed up. They're beeping out the... <laughs> the fuck, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ah, that's pretty brutal. <laughs> so he basically he called them communists, said trans people don't exist, and eventually left. I'm sorry. He addressed that, but as he was leaving, I guess. So as he was leaving, oh, he said that they called them communists and said that he trans called, people don't exist. He called this group of kids, college kids, that he was come to address. Yeah. He turns and calls them communists, communists. and then that's how you win votes. Leaves. <laughs> well, let me tell you more about this but guy. You know what I'm saying is like, yeah, okay. Let me tell you some more kids. about this guy. This guy has a he has a let's say he has a dog in his fight. You might say he entered the race last November for this house district, after a long custody battle over his twin children, both age nine. One is a boy, the other is a trans girl. Oh, for fuck's sake. The wife and mother was a pediatrician who supported the trans child in her transition. Because as an intelligent person. In 2019, a jury awarded sole custody to the ex-wife, but the judge in the case ignored the verdict and ruled for joint custody. They then continued to fight over custody for two more years, and then a judge awarded most parental rights to the wife and allowed the husband, this Jeffrey Younger, supervised visits. But the judge also barred the wife from allowing the trans child to undergo hormonal therapy, puberty blocks, and or transgender reassignment surgery without the husband's consent. So in other words, you don't have to live with him, but I'm going to tell you, you can't do what he doesn't want you to do. Yeah. Fuck you. The fuck? Anyway, this guy was in the primary, I guess, uh, last Tuesday. He's going to be in a runoff now in May against someone else because no one got a majority of the vote. So that's an up-and-coming fascist down in Texas. uh, What a great father, right? All right. All right. You know what it is? There's no words. No, there aren't any words. Uh, I can't speak fast enough for the words that are coming into my head is really what the problem is. I know. It's just disgusting. Yeah. What's his name, this guy? Jeff Younger. And what is he? Tell me about him. He, I say he's a Republican. He's running for this Texas House District seat. What do you know about his... What does he do for a living? I, that I don't know. I didn't look into any of all that all information. Right. I, didn't, I didn't want to really learn that much more about his him. His wife is a medical doctor. Yes. She's a pediatrician. She's a pediatrician. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So what is this? Is this a, a gender thing? Is this a good old boys network? Is this the good old like boys sticking together and sticking it to the little woman? Like what is this? What I don't know. I, I don't know. Do you know the size of the divorce? I, I don't know any specifics about the divorce or anything no, like that. I'm getting too involved in this topic. Right yes, now. I can see you are. Uh, for some reason, it's really bo- it's really really bothering me. Okay, and well, I have no reason. For it should that. bother you. I hope it bothers it's other people. It's horrible. No, it's it's. Ugh. Take me out of this. You're the one with the script. Come on. All right. We will move on to our next segment then, which is We Like to Watch. Oh, Mrs. Maisel. Oh, yes. You've been watching. Again and again. Are Mrs. you caught Maisel. Are you caught up on I all the episodes? Up. 
What uh, have you thought so far? Uh, you know what? I said that my sister and I were talking about this today. My sister Ginny and I <laughs> were talking about this today. And uh, we both think it it's as good as the the ones that came before. Okay. Okay. The quality of it has not diminished in any conceivable way. Any. Okay. Conceivable way. I think the show's lost some of its luster. Oh, God. No. But. Oh, my God. Patrick, if you, if you stop at wardrobe. Oh, my God. The wardrobe alone. It's just yeah, it's and everything the, the wardrobe and the, and then the color coordination with the sets. I'm sorry, it's unbelievable. unbelievable. Uh, what I'm thinking now is the waiter who walks past us. <laughs> she she throws his like the waiters are so imperfect. Perfect. Okay, there is a scene in the first two seasons. They go to Miami. Okay, she walks into the hotel, and the the camera goes wide, and you see the lobby of this glorious yes. hotel. Yes. Okay. Wardrobe, fuck you. That was a fashion show right there. That oh, was yeah. that was a piece, and and it was it was photographed beautifully and whatever fucking lenses they used right? and whatever filters they used, it looked like that place at that time and those costumes, as impeccable and as perfect as they were, looked like they made sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it, oh God! You saw and, the episode with Shy's wedding. Yeah. Okay. That's where she oh pushes the plate. That's where she right. put Oh, that whole sequence. Oh, oh Jesus. God. And Get Susie, they're, they're, they're really Susie, giving, I love They're giving me Susie. a shit ton of Susie, which is oh, great. Oh, I love Susie. The whole bit when her friend died, the guy she was living yeah. with, that was great, the way they handled that for two episodes. Really Yeah. Great. I love the way she crashed... The other wake, the other memorial service. Yes, because no one else came to his. Nobody, yeah, that was so, so sad. And that was what a she. If she doesn't get nominated for an Emmy for that, I'll be really pissed. It was because that's you, a great moment. Yeah, it was a great moment. Great moment, really and, was. And it's so funny at the end when she takes his picture down and there's this beautiful old woman. Like I mean, and it's just such, and you know her language. I know. I identify with Susie. Yes, I'm sure you do. But I identify with Mrs. Maisel too because she, like, I, I don't know. Tony Shalhoub is fantastic. Yeah, the he's mother great. is a great. father. Yeah, the, the mother main, is great. There's going to be a I love spin the meeting, off about the meeting. Uh, the meeting with the matchmakers. Oh, just, oh <laughs> come on. That was fabulous. That's your spin off right there. <laughs> right? <laughs> I was going to say the maid at the house. The oh, house God. Was, but that that circle of five women was fucking hilarious. Yeah, that really was. That was. That, <laughs> no, it's. I think it has maintained, uh, at least maintained. I think it. I think it's just artists. The at, acting is amazing. At in the, the show. top, it really the is. Every, the writing is fantastic. Uh, and the writing is. Without the writing, you got nothing. Oh yeah, exactly. So it's all exactly. about the, it's all about those people who sit in the room. Oh God! And it, she's great in the part. Oh, I'm sorry, I can I can never remember her name. They're perfect. I don't know her name, but she's fantastic. She, in the, role. the problem for her is that now she will forever be Mrs. Maisel. Of course, of course. On the other hand, but that's not necessarily a bad thing, no, you know. No, there no, are worse things you remember. She's for. doing really, really good work. Yeah, she's really funny. And yeah, she's really sad, and she really is. Tense, like right? She's just the girl, whoever she is, she's really free. We gotta get her name. Come on, Patrick. I know. I, <laughs> I gotta look it up. I, you have to. It's like how much time are you gonna spend without identifying her by name? Uh, and Susie, uh, you know, all those years on the fucking Rachel Simpsons. Brosnahan. Yeah, I'll never remember. 
Good on you, Rachel, because you're doing fucking really good work. Or maybe it's Rachel Brosnan, and they don't always pronounce the H. I don't know. Whatever, whoever the fuck. But she's fantastic. She, she is really fantastic. is. And Alex Borstein and Susan. That, uh, Alex Borstein. Alex Borstein comes. And Jane Lynch. Oh. And Sophie Lennon. I. You know what? There are times when it feels gimmicky to me. Well, that whole that whole bit in the studio, I thought, went on a little bit too long. Yeah, yeah. That went. But little... I like the gimmick. Like I, I, I'll buy this for a while. I'll play with this because the writing is so good and the delivery. Is I so love the strippers dead, club scenes. Dead on. The scenes oh, of the strippers club are great. It stretches. Uh, okay, forgive me. I'm gonna. You're gonna laugh at me. Credulity. Oh yes, it does. Yes, that's the way she. The way she unionized the strip. Shop. I know, right? But the the very idea that somebody would say, you know what? Let's have her unionize a, a stripper club, and everybody else says, all right, let's do that. Like that's good on you. That's fun. That's just, fuck it. It's a TV show. What happens? Right. What happens if she comes in? And, uh, it's brilliant. She's got that guy running scared, that poor oh, that, that stage, stage manager. manager. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And you know what else I have discovered? Thanks to my niece, because what happened was... Okay. I don't have an HBO. I don't have an HBO subscription. Okay? So, my niece had given me her password, or her husband's password. But this is on Prime it's, Video, isn't it? Yes, but the next thing I'm going to talk about... Oh, okay, what's the next thing you're going to talk about? Gilded Age. Oh, I haven't watching that at all. Okay. I, I think it's something you would enjoy. First of all, Christine Baranski is an absolute hoot as the overstuffed, snobby, down to the fact that her butler is better than their but like, Okay. You know what I mean? That's the table settings. And like, it's, it's, she is so, and Cynthia Nixon is in it as sort of the other sister to uh, Christine Baranski. Okay. So Christine Baranski is this big, powerful, sitting in thrones, stern-faced, you know, judgmental and everybody. And she's got these moments of heart and clarity and funness, but mostly she's this judge. And 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 uh, Cynthia Nixon is her sister, and they live together, and she's uh, c- completely opposite to the point where you think that she may be, I, dis- I don't know how to say this politically correctly, Okay. Okay. Did you ever see <laughs> why the show where the girl got kicked in the head by a horse? <laughs> no, I can't say I did. Okay, her no. name was Clara. The Light in the Piazza. Oh, that or oh, the musical. Okay, okay the musical. So the musical yes. The Light in the Piazza. Clara gets kicked. In the, you get the sense that Cynthia Nixon's character in this show, right, has been, was as a child kicked in the head by a horse. Okay. Okay, she's just... But she's sweet and endearing and still... She understands the rules and she's going to tell you... She's Audrey McDonald was in it. Okay. Take my money. Take my money. <laughs> she plays the black girl lead. Okay. Her mother. Okay. Okay, so what happens is this black girl helps... The white girl, she gives her money to get take the train home, and that's how the whole thing begins, and then she stays, and, and then Christine Baranski hires her to be her secretary, and there's this, well, blah, 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 and it's all fantastic, okay? So, the black girl, I can't remember her name, she goes home back to Brooklyn okay, to see her parents. So, the white girl says, who's now, she lives in the white girl's house, and she's the white girl's aunt's secretary. So, stop <laughs> laughing at me. She, I'm going to hit this. She, she's going to surprise her at her house of Brooklyn, and she goes to surprise her at her house of Brooklyn, and she's expecting they live in, like, a mud hut. Okay. Okay, so it's this big, beautiful, extravagant, like, Bill Cosby Brooklyn townhouse thing. <laughs> so, she's humiliated, and she's bringing this, she has in her hands this large, 
bag. Okay, and in the bag. So finally, Audra McDonald's look at the woman and said, what's in the bag? You came to visit. What's in the bag? Shoes. She brought used shoes to the family because she thought that they were poverty stricken. And they were this Audra McDonald plays this grand dame and and, and her husband. And and she's the sweetheart. And he. uh, So, yeah, it's fantastic. I love I love the guild today. And now you don't have to watch that episode because you just got the full description of it here. Yeah, you can email me if you want more more detail. But anyway, the point was my niece gave me the Oh, you know what I watched? What did you watch? West Side Story. Are we ready for this? I haven't watched it yet, so don't discuss it yet. You watched it without us. You were supposed to come over here and watch it with us. We're going to have to discuss this. Well, I yes. Would, I would watch it again with you. Okay. I, I would absolutely watch it again with okay. you. Okay. Okay. All right. Need to so do wait, we're not going to discuss it then. We're not going to discuss it then. All right. It's really hard for me. Okay. We're going to have to hold off because I haven't seen it yet. Okay. So we got to hold off. This is torture. <laughs> I know. Anything else you watch? I can, uh, no, because right now I'm holding, it's like I have to pee. Oh, okay. Because now you got to hold it I'm in. I'm squeezing. Well, I'll, yeah, tr- I'll try so to distract you anything while else I, I watched. I can't. Tell me what you watched. I watched, well, for, it's the final season of this show on FX called Better Things. Okay. Have you ever watched nothing. it? No, I mean nothing. You would like this show because the lead is right up your alley. What do you mean? It's about this actress, working actress, raising her three daughters in L.A. Oh, and her, she's played by this uh, woman named Pamela Adlin. I don't know if you're familiar with her. Not at all. She used to be on Louis C.K.'s uh, shows. She okay. was on a couple of other shows, and she's a comedian. I love Louis C.K. She's got a really deep. She's got a deep voice oh, too. I love that. But her attitude about everything is just. She's very New York. All right, that's sassy. Yeah, Jewish? not so much sassy. I don't even know. But maybe she is Jewish. I don't know. I really have no idea. You and she's right up your oh, alley. Oh, her you know, and this is actually the religion. this is actually the final season of the show. It's been on for like four or five years. What's now. it called? Better Things. Link me, bitch. It's on FX. I've never heard of it. So okay. send me a link. I'll send you a link. For Netflix? It then. Uh, no, on FX. So you can find it on Hulu. Hulu. Yep. Excellent show. I highly right. recommend it. Really yeah. do. Great show. Because I look for things like I've watched all the RuPaul. Okay. So now what? Yeah. Watch this show. Okay. That's they're half. They're they're thirty minute episodes. Oh, I love that. That yeah. That's all you need for these episodes. I love that. Okay, great. Some of them, nothing really happens. Like one episode is like she had a party at her house. No, you right. She's just watching everything going on during the party. My, my, <laughs> my sister was saying that that it, it seems like this season of Miss Maisel is going slow. And I said, but they, I think it's going quick. There's, it's, there's only like one or two more episodes left. There's they, only like seven or eight episodes for this season. They're setting you up for something. It's yeah. And big. Because there's going to be one more season after that, I think. Oh, is there? I think there's one more season. Only one? Only one. So this thing that you were watching, what was it called? Better Things? Better Things. Why am I seeing the logo for that thing about the kids where one goes missing and they put the lights up on the on the wall? No, that's not And she show. does the Monopoly. Okay. That's not, not the, the show. Not Monopoly. What's the thing where the spirit comes and talks to you and moves on? The Ouija board. The Ouija board. All right. So what else you got? And we also started watching on Netflix a limited series called Pieces of Her. It's Uh-oh. like a hot show on Netflix this week. Okay. It stars Tony Collette. I love her. She plays this mother of this her, her this woman, young woman who works as a switchboard operator for the police department. And this shooting happens in this restaurant, and Tony Collette's character basically kills the shooter. Oh, while she's got a knife sticking in her hand. Okay, and she just like slits his throat. That's the first episode. Oh my dear! So the whole obviously Wait, she's the, a police. 
She's the mother of this woman well, who works on the switchboard the operator, switch for the board operator for the police. So this this crazy woman going out making her daughter's life miserable. Well, basically now you're discovering that she's had this whole other hidden life. Okay. And it's now coming back to haunt her. You would have to explain the knife through the hand and still able to cut the throat of a man thing. Because the shooter, his gun stopped working. No, what I'm saying is like the, to know to do that, like a knife goes through my hand. I'm staring at my hand saying, holy fuck! Well, yeah, ah! she's standing there. Uh, for a second, I'm and then she the, goes... I'm not of the mind to use that injury as a lethal weapon. Well, that's what she did. It's like, my, whoa! My entire knowledge of Tony Collette is the wild party. Oh, really? Okay. I, she, See, I, I always remember her from Muriel's Wedding. Yeah, I'm, I'm, no, I've never seen Muriel's Wedding. I liked it until the end. It's another Australian movie where the ending guy crapped out on me. They they, they do European things. I, I Yeah, it's just like really annoys me We're sometimes. We're too American. Yeah. I mean, I'm not always looking for a happy ending... But I'm just looking for a better resolution, you know? Yeah, yeah. Resolutions are important. Don't yeah. have to be happy. No. He could die. Yes, he could. Now Voyager, they could never be together. No. They stare at each other. Let's not ask for the stars. <laughs> we have the moon. Or the other way around. <laughs> Something like that. Something like that. <laughs> Betty Davis, Paul Henry. Fuck you. Go ahead. We now move on to our next segment. Next, not last. What? No, not our last segment, but our oh. next segment. Oh, God. It's... People, oh, saying people saying stupid, stupid things. things. First, we have a follow-up to one of our last week's nominees We're for doing lots of follow-ups. Right? I like this. I've been busy. <laughs> yeah, what were the, we called it something different. We started with a C. What? Updates. What updates? No, what I'm saying is follow-ups, updates. Yes. We're doing many now. Yes, we are. I like this. Oh, good. I'm glad you like I, it. I approve of the... the well, you recall last week we talked about Sam Elliott and his uh, review yeah. of the movie Power of the Dog. You were very upset. And it was, well, he was quite homophobic. Yeah, it was. So they uh, had a video interview with Benedict Cumberbatch, who was the star of Power of the Dog. Okay. And he didn't mention Elliott by name, but he referenced, quote, a very odd reaction that happened the other day on a radio podcast. Someone really took offense to, I haven't heard it, so it's unfair for me to comment in detail on it, to the West being portrayed in this way, stressing that the movie was not a history lesson. He added, beyond that reaction, that sort of denial that anybody could have any other than a heteronormative existence because of what they do for a living or where they're born, there's also a massive intolerance within the world at large towards homosexuality still, and toward an acceptance of the other and anything kind of different. All right, so so Ben Ben he took Cumberbatch. The, he, he handled it the classy way. He absolutely did. He dropped the mic. Yep. Yep. Yes, he did. Bam, and walked away. And yeah. Fantastic. It changes nothing. No. You know what it is. I was just thinking as you were talking, I wasn't listening, I was thinking about something else. And what I was thinking about <laughs> was the Wild West is such an iconic sort of imagery. It of puts course. You in, a, in a place and a time that is so specific to itself yep. that it's, and it, ha it comes with imagery and things that you expect to happen yep. in Hollywood helped really isolated times. Expound that mythology. I, and it also ruined it. Mm -hmm. And absolutely helped to expound the mythology, but the mythology isn't the truth. And, no. And, and the thing is, I think artists, filmmakers, writers, and I've seen this over and over again, you I can't do it. What they do is they put themselves in a time and place. Okay, so now I'm limited to what language I can use, what personalities I can use. Well, what, well not personalities, but, you know, what, what people are in this time at this place. Mm -hmm. I can't, and, 
and they build from there and 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 they the wild west to hollywood is a tool and not necessarily history lessons although there are people who think that the flintstones is a documentary. So yes. we can't discuss that kind of thing. But you would know. think in a, a billion dollar industry like Hollywood, you would think that it was understood that the Wild West is a almost a metaphor. And yeah. you could put the other things in it and of see how they react can. to that environment. Of course. And that's that's the wonderfulness of art. Exactly. I wish I hadn't said wonderfulness. <laughs> Why? Because uh, I don't say that word good. You seem to fine to me. Final segment? No, no, we're not there yet. We're still in people saying stupid things. Oh, God, there must be. That was only the update from last week. Oh, God, we have new. We now move on to the press secretary for Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis. She can't be that smart. Which I don't think she is. She uh, was blasting criticisms of the Don't Say Gay bill, which we had discussed earlier. Right, 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 right. right. This is what she uh, ended up posting in a Twitter thread. Oh, Jesus. The bill that liberals inaccurately called Don't Say Gay would be more accurately described as an anti-grooming bill. Uh-oh. If you're against the anti-grooming bill, you're probably a groomer, or at least you don't denounce the grooming of four- to eight-year-old children. Silence is complicity. This is how it works, Democrats, and I don't make the rules. That's intense. Yeah. That's intense. I mean... After she said that, of course, there were many calls for her to oh, resign. Oh, my God. So she followed up on Monday, yesterday, and she wrote in an email, I don't regret raising concerns about child safeguarding. The only people who singled out the LGBT community are the opponents of the bill, who have been basically accusing us of homophobia, when the bill itself doesn't single out the LGBT community or even mention the word gay. Well. Wow. It doesn't have to. It's forbidding it. It doesn't have to mention the word gay. But, yeah. Fuck her. Right? Uh, what a twat. What do you say <laughs> to that? You just... You're a disgusting individual. You have to say... Oh, you, have to pre- you have to perpetuate the stereotype now of gays being pedophiles by saying this shit. Oh, of course. You know? That's easy, though. That's the, that's the worst part of it, though, is you have to go stoop to that level. It's like, you got, that's what you got to go down to. But this is what they're doing part and parcel now as part of the Republican Party. Yeah, it's a culture war. They yeah. have no policy. Yeah. So they're going to piss people off and scare them because they have no policy. Yeah. What was it? The, the, the last election, they had no, they re- literally had no they had no. Policy. They had no platform. No platform. They had no platform. And now Mitch McConnell still wants to keep it no platform. But as we discussed last week, Florida Senator Rick Scott has his whole Rescue America Agenda now oh, yeah, for the they're... Republicans. Well, those the and O'Connell, points. yeah, and O'Connell's yeah. like, uh, no, that's not our platform. Yeah. And, uh, and Scott's saying, oh, yes, it is. <laughs> I think the further away from Trump they get, the more rational they're going to become. Uh, I don't know. I think they're just going to get worse. I think they have to hit rock bottom first. They haven't hit there yet. Really? So yeah. what's going to be rock bottom? If an attack on the Capitol wasn't a rock bottom, what's going to be a, a fucking rock bottom? Whoever becomes president in 2024, that's not a Democrat. That's going to be rock bottom for everyone. You think? <laughs> yeah. Who, who would it be? Who would be okay with you if it wasn't a Democrat? If it wasn't a Democrat? I don't know. I'd have to give that some thought. Yeah. I'd have to give that some thought. Yeah, me too. As I say it, I'm thinking, God. But I'm going to move on to our last... Okay. Which is from Congressman... No, we need a fly swat sound. <laughs> <laughs> you doing that, and then... 
<laughs> we need, yes, that's what we need. Well, this one came from Congressperson Lauren Boebert. Oh, I love her. Oh, I'm sure you do. She's a fount of fabulous. Well, this is one that she, a tweet that she did yesterday on Monday. Okay, what's she tweet? She wrote, bitch. remember, Ukraine gave up their nukes in exchange for promises of security. We see how that turned out. This is why we must never give up our guns to any government. <laughs> okay. What? What? Lauren, is it? Lauren Bobert. Yeah, what, honey? Gee, you look pretty too. What? What does that mean? Like, like she's making, uh, she's drawing an equivalence between guns and nuclear weapons. Or I, I should say more specifically, gun control and the disarmament of nuclear weapons from Ukraine. Where is she from? What state? Yeah, like I don't know. I try. I try not to know too much about her. And I, she's a representative. I try not, to ignore. Her. Yes, a she's senator, a, right. No, no, she's our representative. Lauren Boebert. She's just. It's almost like they they dare you to call them out. I know. Oh, she's from Colorado. Wow, that's disappointing. Yeah, I know for Colorado, right? That's we've always thought of that as more of a blue or well, blue the cities, state, you know, the city. Yeah, the cities. There's, of there's course, there's a lot of rural. I'm sure Colorado. Right. Yeah. And they get they they're denied of some oxygen, aren't they? Or is their oxygen too much? I don't know. That I don't know. They live in the mountains. So like you go there and you get dizzy for three days or some shit. I, <laughs> I well, think so. It's something like that. Something like that. Denver. Anyway, oh. we now conclude our segment of piss, <laughs> and we now move on to five phase. Oh, you see now this one. You're out of your fucking mind. You can't send me a text like that and say that you're not going to hear about some shit about that text. You say, select your five favorite women of all time. No, I said, name your five favorite women in history. Okay, so, bitch, what? <laughs> like, the history, history of what? Politics, the world, the history sex, of women, religion, uh, uh, fucking movies, Broadway. What are you talking about? Five favorite women. Is it what? How do you do that? That's for you to decide. No, no, it's for you to accept. There is no way to say <laughs> I can pick eight, five favorite women of history. Yes. No, because for every woman you you name, you're leaving ten thousand out. But who are five that come immediately to your mind that you, that stick out for you? God, okay, uh, Eleanor Roosevelt. That's one of my choices. That doesn't make it fantastic. <laughs> what I'm saying is it's impossible to pick five. And Frank. One at a time, please, one at a time. Uh, Eleanor Roosevelt, so Anne Frank's uh, your second one? No. Okay. No, I'm still going off on the fact that the subject is ridiculous. Like, the, this five faves is just a ridiculous thing to expect. After last week's episode of Name Your Five Favorite Pigs... You think naming your five favorite women in history is ridiculous? I think you have gone from one extreme to the next. Oh, I don't think so. You've gone I've from, gone from last week to this week. And you went from the most obscure And you came up with pigs for that category. I can come up so with five So if you women. Come, come up with five favorite pigs, I can come you can up come up women. with five favorite women in history. What I'm saying is to work the pool to work in for the five favorite pigs was considerably shallower than the pool is for the five favorite women in history. Okay? Cleopatra, you're talking... Uh, yeah. Well, all of these, uh, come on, Michelle Obama, Hillary Clinton, I came Nancy up with a list. Pelosi, I came in up my with lifetime. A list. 
I had no problem coming up on the list. Five. Favorites. Five. Let's, five talk about, let's talk about your five favorite Sea Where It Goes. Well, I, Eleanor Roosevelt. Because I had trouble with this. Eleanor Roosevelt was a fantastic human being. I thought so, too. A fantastic human being. Yeah. Next to my list was Joan of Arc. Okay, so hold on. Joan of Arc. Yep. Tell a me, woman leading an army. She leads an army. Is she dressed as a boy? Yes. She was, and I think in the beginning, yeah, she was dressed as a boy, but I think eventually they realized that she was a woman or whatever. She and gets, she led the army. She saved France from she, right, okay. the British. Oh, she saved the French from the British. Although she was eventually, I think, executed by executed the British. Executed by the British. Yes. Right, she was burnt at the stake. Yes. All right. Joan of Arc. She was 16. Yeah, she was young. So she, she had led young. an army and conquered Europe, con- conquered England for mm-hmm. France. Yep. And then they burned her alive at the stake. She was only 16. Something like that. All right. Should I look it up to make sure? So, okay, go ahead. I'm going to let this just happen. Oh, okay. Yes, thank you. Thank you. So, who's next on your list? I I, No, I thought we were doing your list. I want to do all of mine. I want to do all of your list. Because I can't can't grasp just five names out of this. Okay. I had no problem grasping five names. Tell me what they are for two. Third one is Harriet Tubman. That's what I'm saying. Great woman. Runaway slave, worked for the Underground Railroad, was a spy for the Union. She actually led a raid that saved seven, like over seven hundred slaves, freed them, and she became uh, involved in the uh, women's suffrage movement after the war. Who's the nurse woman? The nurse woman. The nurse woman. Clara Bow. Maybe no. Clara <laughs> Bow is the movie star. You uh, uh, ass. <laughs> Florence Nightingale. Florence Nightingale. Florence Nightingale. How do you how, how do you not in the how do you take Florence Nightingale or Ella Fitzgerald? Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, is it Rosa Parks or like uh, Debbie Allen? You don't have to satisfy any standard but your own. Okay, you just got to pick five that who, stand out to you. Whose standard do you think I'm trying to... I imply? don't know. It seems like know. you're trying to meet some standard that were... Mine. I only know my own Okay. Standard. Okay. So, I... How... I, I think you're asking too much of yourself. You're making this harder than it is. Keep going, every voice who's ever spoken to me. <laughs> you want to hear my next voice? I want to hear number four. Laura Keen. Don't know it. I know you don't. Oh. I'm smarter. Who's Laura Keene? I learned about her while I was doing research on the Charles Bush play, Our Leading Lady. Okay. Which is a fictionalization of the night that Lincoln was assassinated. Which is... Uh, and it was a story of the theater company an idea that I did Our American Cousin that night. Brilliant. And the head of that company was a woman named Laura Keene. And what's outstanding about her is, I mean, not just that she was this fact of, of history... But she was like one of the first women like theater managers. She would run her own she was in theaters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And her own theater companies. And which was like revolutionary at its time. Yeah. And I was re- I was really impressed with that, that she did all this right. and did so much. Right. And then of course the night of the assassination after Lincoln shot, she rushed up to the balcony and cradled his head. And in fact I think a cover of her dress became stained. The blood on it. And yeah. which is now in the Smithsonian right, uh, right, right. In the Smithsonian institution, yeah, is this Smithsonian institution? I think so. Yes, I always want to say museum, but no, it's institution. It is a museum. Yeah, but yeah, it is. It's all different museums within the Smithsonian. Institution. That's what I'm saying. Like yes. Disney is not just magic. Like there's the Air and Space Museum at the Smithsonian Institution. Yeah, right, right, right. Okay, right. Okay. But anyway, yeah. So Laura Keene's number four for me. All right, I like that idea because she. Uh, it wasn't easy for somebody like those women had to work their ass off. To just... Yeah, I mean, basically all the women I've named are women who really 
made strides it's for themselves, you know? It's just amazing. They're all women I, I admire, you I'm know? I'm this middle-aged, doughy white man, and I'm like, <laughs> I, I marvel at fucking Rosa Parks. How tired do you have to be right, to do... I, I, and she wasn't the first. Nope. Uh, anyway, what? my last one is actually someone who's... Birthday we celebrated, and I think our first podcast episode. Oh, God. Mae West. Oh, God. Yeah. I thought she was an apt choice. She was another one. She pushed the boundaries of and, entertainment. And she created... And she, she took control over her product, of what she was making. Bette Midler. Madonna. Cher. In that oh, tradition. They all stand on... May West, but who does like she is she the first? Did she create that character? She can't have created that character. That's gotta be like one of the stock characters, that sex kitteny She based it on the gay men she in, in, interacted with. Say that again. <laughs> she based it on the gay men that she interacted with. Oh no doubt. Yeah. Maybe well maybe that's the maybe that's the difference is that there's that extra raunchy. Mm-hmm. Because gay men are disgusting. Well, to me, she pushed the boundaries of entertainment. Yeah, because yeah. She wanted to bring more yeah. sex into it, which is even even the amount that she wanted to bring was tamed by our standards today. Jesus. But the titties, though. Right? Cinched to her neck. And the delivery. She knew what she was doing. Of course she, she did. And she milked it to the... Like, of course. Think of her very last movie, that horrible film called Sex Tet. But how do you That think, she made. And it's like she didn't care. She's making her last movie. How bad... Well, how do you make the choice between her... And Jackie Kennedy. Or Audrey McDonald and, you know, like, whatever. See, I chose, these all women all, like, struck something with me. That's why I chose all these women. This is too many. I can't do five. I might could do five per category, but I can't do just five. You know, a Betty, Betty Ford... Betty Ford did something. She she established something. She made a difference. She made a debt. She did she did something for people who nobody talked about. She deserves to be in the top five. Uh, they it's just it's not about top five. It's your five favorites. I can't do it. I can't. I can't do it. You're weak. I know. First of all, you're a weak man, Patrick. It's got to be women of history. Should be glad you're not naming them because you're so weak. Patty Audra Sutton. Okay, and that, now who do I got left? Who do I fill those two places with? You tell me. I, 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 it's too much for it's too much for me. Oh my god. Uh yeah. I can't I can't choose just the five. Uh, there there are far too many. Far too far many. Too, Streisand. Streisand or Garland. What? <laughs> Madame Curie. I don't know what the fuck she did, but she did something that I remember her name, Madame Curie. What yes, the fuck did, did Madame Curie do? Um, she did something. She solved something. She, she, the woman who made the computer that got us to space. How about how about the woman, the the black trans woman who led the Stonewall riot? How do you leave her out? Like, do you know? What, it's I'm I'm done. It's not that you're leaving anyone out. All you have to name are five women who have like struck you in some way, have impressed something upon you. Okay. It's not that difficult. You're making it so much harder than it is. Have I said? But we'll move on and spare you the you know, the brain overload. Have I said? The, have I said the name of five women in the past thirty seconds? Have I probably, given you? Have I given you five? Probably. Names? I've given you at least five. Names. It's not very definitive naming. No, they're perfect names. They're just not enough. They're just not enough. Well, what we do. Five fabulous, uh, when we do five ten, of ten faves. You're going to take me off this okay. because I'm ready to name Cher and Dolly Parton and uh, Rosalind Carter and 
you know, come on. Dolly Parton should be, there should be bronze Dolly Parton heads in every city in America. Heads, not boobs, heads, because she deserves more than that. And without the wig, you wouldn't recognize her, so you have to put the wig on her. Go ahead. You better stop me. <laughs> now. If I, if I don't choke first. Well, you're choking, and that's going to leave the open spaces for me to say things about, like, nurses and doctors. Who's the first doctor? Who's the first female heart surgeon? Sally Field landed on the moon. Sally Ryan? Sally... Sally... What the fuck was her name? Zontime wrote her name in the play. Sally Brown. Sally... Uh, in the Rockets. For fuck's sake. The teacher who died in the Rockets. How do you... <sighs> we now move on to our final segment of the day. The I'm exhausted. Grumpy old gay men gripe of the week. Car trouble. Car trouble. Car trouble. Oh, just uh, car trouble. It's car expensive. Trouble. It's inconvenient. It's everything I hate. Expensive inconvenience. Yeah. 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 Car trouble. That's my gripe of the week. That's your gripe of the week? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't have one this week. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I just didn't have anything really to gripe about this Nothing week. Nothing went bad for you this week? How's your, how's your husband's fall, his face, his forehead? Oh, he's, his twisted ankle. His, it's, his he's doing much better is, now. He's all fine now yeah, he's and everything. Okay. Your daughter's still trying to kill the both of you? Yes, of course she is. Right, Stephen was yelling good. at her earlier tonight about that. He yelled at her? Yes. Yeah, you were here. I was here. I you called, were here for I that. Called. Here's the problem. I don't acknowledge Abigail <laughs> when I walk into the house. We know. And then she gets nuts. She goes crazy. Yes. Okay. And in the going crazy, she got under his feet. So I I fault myself for that particular incident. Last week when she tried to kill you, she just straight up tried to kill you. <laughs> I know. That dog just straight up, she wanted you down. Yes, she did. Yes, she took you down. Yes, she did. Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> bad girl. She's a bad girl. We now move on to the finale of our show. And yet no trumpets, no dancing boys, no, no. confetti cannons. Maybe we'll see that for next week. Isn't your birthday next week? No switch to pink lights, although now they just switch to green horrible lights with pink highlights. What's your next question? I said, isn't your birthday next week? Are we ignoring this? No, we should maybe be not. This. Yes, my birthday is next week. That's what I thought. Yes. Next Tuesday, right? I, it will be next Tuesday. Oh, my God. And should I decide to return, it will happen live on the air. Yes, it will. But, uh, yeah, no, not likely. <laughs> yeah. Not likely what, that you'll be here yeah, on next no, Tuesday? <laughs> I'm itchy. I have things. I yeah, things are things are bothering me. I can't come. Yeah, we'll don't see you about do, that. Don't you do it, Patrick? Don't I will I will like. Don't you do it? Do what? Anything. I, I what would I do? Nah, what would I do? Here he is on our birthday list, and he's dead. Born <laughs> on this day in nineteen. No, I don't. Don't. No, and I, and I want to end it in finale. Bam, ba da, bam, ba da. Was the finale? Well, I, I, I can say uh, no. I won't do anything, but I can't guarantee that my producer uh, uh, will not do anything. Patrick, <laughs> you're my contact. Okay? <laughs> you know she doesn't like to talk to me. You know she doesn't take me seriously. You have to talk to her. I'll see what I can do. You have to. It's important. I guess I know. First of all, here's the thing. What? Once you reach a certain age. Yes. Certainly before death. <laughs> yes. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yes. Certainly before death. Let's assume. 
Saying happy birthday mm-hmm. is almost vicious. It's almost <laughs> like something you shouldn't say. So I think when it becomes... It's saying enjoy being alive. No, I think it's more like, oh, yeah. Like that's what the greeting oh, should be. God. Instead of happy birthday, it should be, oh. Oh, you're older. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm Here's sorry. A Here's a gift to make you feel better. Oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> But I was never a birthday kid, but yeah, I was never a birthday. I was never a birthday person, and I remain a non-birthday person. Okay. People can't write on my Facebook page. Okay. Because what happened was I turned it off about two years ago, about a week before my birthday. Because to me, one of the most horrifying thing, and I mean this honestly, like this is truly what lays at the bottom of my psychosis. Oh, no. There is nothing more horrifying to me. There's a bottom to your psychosis? I'm about to deliver it. Are you going to interrupt <laughs> me again? This week, the mm-hmm. bottom of okay, the Facebook birthday. Yes. I can't. I can't. I can't do it. So I shut off. Nobody can post on my page. <laughs> and it. I left it on. And I didn't realize I left it on because who the fuck cares? Until I start getting messages. Why can't I post on? Because I don't want you to post. No. I'm not, ha- I can't, I, I don't think I could face the Facebook birthday. I don't think I could. Okay. So uh, that's how, that, that's how innate it is in me. That, okay. That, that fear, <laughs> birthophobia, <laughs> it could possibly be birthophobia. Birthdayophobia? Well, well, I don't know. There's got to be some sort of I'm name. I'm sure there's a fear of birthdays. Or there must be. be. There must be. A fear of one's own birthday. That's worth typing. Fear of birthdays. I'm not afraid of your birthday. I'm afraid of my... I'm not even afraid. I just don't want to get acknowledged. What's to acknowledge? Crazy to me. God, I wish I could type. You could type. You went to school. It's called fragan... Fragapanophobia. 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 So you're a fragapanophobe. What'd you call me? A fragapanophobe. No, it's true. (laughs) I've been called a frag before. (laughs) Now you're the crapulous fragmentophobic. Crapulous I wonder what the judge is going to say to that. <laughs> Where do we go next? Anyway, it's now the end of our show. We want to say thank you to my husband and producer, Stephen Prendergast. The pie was really, really good. It was some sort of peach berry. Uh, I love pie. Oh, good. Send us pie. <laughs> Send us pie. But make sure it's separate from the dick pic. Yes, please. If you're the one sending us the dick pic, don't send pie. Everybody else can send pie. Where do they send it? They can send it to <laughs> grumpyoldgaymenandtheirdogs.com. You can email me at patrick at grumpyoldgaymenandtheirdogs.com. But if you go to our website, you can download any of our and all of our episodes. How many are there? There are now, this is now, what, episode 26, I believe, or 26? This is episode 26. Is it really? Yes, it is. 26 times? 26? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's 26. Pretty much in a row? 26 or 27, I'm not sure, but it's one of them. All right. Yeah, we're doing good. It's a fucking lot. It is, it certainly is. How many people listen? I don't know, I don't have the stats on that available right now. Last I heard it was like 1,000. Well, no, we're closer to now to 1,200. 1,200 downloads, yep. Yep, we keep growing every day. Every day, we grow as not show as bitches. So yes, you can find our episodes on our website as long as our as well as our bonus material that we have for each episode. Only on the website. Yes. 
But our episodes are also available on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and many other fine podcast providers. I counted five before that bullshit ending. And please post a review, post a comment, give us a rating. We would love to hear from you. Why are you begging? They don't do it. I'm not begging. I'm just asking. But you keep saying to do it, and they don't do it. And, and isn't insanity... I don't know. It seems to me. Anyway. It, like, they don't do it. So why are we asking them to do it? If, if they're going to do it, they're going to do it. Because we may get some listener who someday may say, you know what? I am going to comment. I wish they would. I wish any one of them so, would. See, you got to keep hopeful. It's keep just, hope alive. Keep hope alive. Keep hope alive. Hope. Especially in these dark days. Keep hope alive. Keep, keep hope alive. Who the fuck is hope? And what do I care she dies? <laughs> and on that note, we bid you a good night, a good week, a good life, and we'll see you next week. Bye, bitches.